0: Hey guys, welcome to episode 71 of The Roundtable. I'm Jenny Walker, the social media ministry leader here at Life Church. And this is Mike Hill, our Pastor,
1: <laughs> I don't know why I struggle with this. I was every gonna time. say, Jenny, you made, I every was gonna say, you know what? You time. made it through an introduction without laughing. But you I did. It I was.
0: I know. I was like trying to stare right at the yeah, camera. Right.
1: You did. You did good. I know. You I was proud. Good.
0: Normally, I always laugh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. our special yep. guest. And our special guest, yes, Karen Bennett.
1: And you guys Hi-yo. go way back, which I think I didn't know yes. that going uh-huh. on. Yeah. yeah. So can you tell me again what is the way back? So way. How ba- long is way back?
0: Well, I mean, like. I don't know. Was that like four years ago? Has it been that long? Yeah. I mean, it was like it's been
2: four. 2019. So it was like three years before that because it was no. We we were going a year before COVID. We were going at least a year before COVID. So
0: 2019.
2: Oh wait, it would have been 2018. 2018. When was COVID? 2020? Are you it serious? 2020, like February, March.
1: 2020. Yeah. No, it's yeah. not a real monumental thing <laughs> in my life.
2: COVID never I mean, meant I a think it should be. Why? I don't know. It's, it's Just, a time marker. Yeah, that. Yeah, like yeah. like 911. You know, it's yeah. Like a
1: time 2020. Marker. 2020. Yeah. 2020. You know what's funny though? So Lexi's a teacher uh, up at Warsaw, and so she like me is huge on history, and so she said the other day in her class she was talking through historical things, and she brought up 911. None of her kids knew about. Yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. How do you how do your kids not know about nine eleven?
2: Well, I mean, they weren't
1: around during the no, time. I know, but, but historically, why aren't you true. telling that story? Yeah. Yeah. I know, especially you...
0: like during like the nine eleven day.
1: Yeah, I was just again, oh, yeah. I'm surprised that people aren't telling that story. Like what happened? What where were on. you at
0: when that happened?
1: Uh sitting at a service desk at Zerker Tire. I'll never forget it. I, I checking, know, I'll never checking forget it. I looked up at the thing and they just said, a small plane just flew so into So you saw the, the second
0: one when it happened? Yep. No, yep. it was the I first
1: did. one because they said. They, they
2: replayed it. Yeah, they said, then, a
1: small plane has just flown right. into the. World Trade Center, and then the next you are sitting there and all the coverage, and then the next- you Yeah, know, you saw the second. the second one, though, right? Yeah, because yeah. 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 that was
0: when I think the whole world realized that, like, something wasn't right. Yeah. I just watched a documentary on Hulu that was this guy. He had lost his wife that was in there, and he was looking for her for, like, six months because oh. they discovered when it was- like, towards the, like, right when it happened, when they were going through all the rumble and everything, they covered the rumble 20. Or
2: rubble?
1: The rubble. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. Let's get ready to rumble. Well, yeah. Yeah, either way. Rubble. They had
0: 26, over 26,000 body parts that they had to identify, and they've only since then uncovered. 2000 bodies. Really? Yeah. That's what I said on the podcast or on the show, but he was looking for her for at least six months. And he thought she was alive because one of her coworkers had said, like had called him specifically and left a voicemail and said, I saw your wife. She was wearing this and this, and she was heading downstairs. Well, what they found out later was that she ran back up to help her coworkers. Oh, wow. Right. Right. Or else she would have went
1: out. Or have she... you been to the 9-11 no. memorial? Mm-hmm. Have you, Karen? No, I have Nick, have you?
0: Not have yeah. you?
1: Oh, yeah, twice. Mm-hmm.
0: Were you yeah. there ever before? No. When they were there? Mm-mm. What's it like when there like well, without them? I mean,
1: again, so it's somewhat humbling because you go through, it's like going to the Holocaust Museum. Have you ever been there? No. no. So that's in Washington, D.C. And so it's like, I'm a big history person. Mm-hmm. so like, when we go to New York, we go to Ellis Island and you go yeah. these, you put on these audio tours and you Ooh. go through it. It's like you're in the place. You That's know? cool. So it's the same thing for the nine 11. You can do an audio tour. And so you go all the way through and you're standing in these places and you see like the beams and the trucks. But the most moving thing was, is that you sit in this room and it has all the pictures mm-hmm. of all of the people that wow died. And over and over again, it replaced their last moments of their life. Like, hey, just wanted to call and let you oh know. Oh, my gosh. plane that flew into the tower. Just wanted you to know I love you. Tell the kids that hopefully I'll be home, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it says her name. And yeah. a hologram comes up of her face or their face. And, oh, wow. and you could just sit in there for like. Because you really don't personalize it. It's like
2: 2,900. It. I mean, just under 3,000 people. Right.
1: That's what I yeah. mean. Like so You don't personalize it a, until yeah. you sit there and listen to every voice, you know, and like yeah. the fear in some of them. Right. Like, yeah. I'm thinking of jumping because yeah. it's so hot yeah. and, mm. you know, just the, it's hard to put in perspective mm-hmm. the personalization of it until you hear the voices of the people. Right. That, so that part of it to me was... Significant, and then you go out there. The thing you always see where the water's running in—I forget what they call it, but it's where the buildings were. Mm-hmm. You know, and oh, so it's, what they created. Big hole, hmm. You know, and they have water running in it like a fountain. That's cool. You know, and so it's just amazing to think how big it really was. Yeah. Like how big the buildings yeah. were and to the scope of what it was. Yeah. And I don't know. I just think it personalizes it a mm-hmm. lot. That's
0: why I like watching so many of their documentaries. Cause I mean, they have so many on them mm-hmm. and that one showed a image that I hadn't seen out of like the 20 that I had seen. And it was just like, so shocking to like, they were standing right underneath the building when the second one went in. And it's just like, to think like the people were sitting in those Desks and the chairs, mm. right? Mm. When it went
1: in is like so eerie and on those documentaries, uh, did they talk about the people that died because of the falling people?
0: Um, I knew that before. Like seeing they could watch people fall out of the buildings. Yeah, because you but would they eat. actually
1: fell on other people.
0: Wait, uh, what do you mean?
1: Yeah, so some people, people died, died because is. they were on the ground because of the people, people falling died. out of the buildings. Really?
0: Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. No.
1: Because yeah. they have, I mean, the famous falling man. Picture, you know, that shows yes. the guy. Yeah, the you know, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's famous. That was on like know. Time
0: magazine, I think, right? I
1: don't know. If they have it at the The museum. But anyway, so you guys go way back. You guys know each other. And so that far back. But (laughs) right. (laughs) But either way, so Karen, like I know a little bit about you, maybe like what you're doing. (laughs) Pre-COVID. Well, I'm just saying like some of the work that you're doing today. But I think it would be interesting to kind of go back a little bit and and kind of see how you ended up because you were doing some pretty significant work in the area of missions and the idea of reaching you know, the unreached mm-hmm. and trying to figure out ways, at least that's how I would view it. Maybe mm-hmm. you would view it a different way. have been heavily involved. I think, um, didn't you and Dave Smith do a perspectives class yes. here? Or did uh, you do it yourself? I can't remember. My husband and
2: I, Tom. Okay. Or um, prospectus perspectives coordinators. And Dave Smith um, took our class.
1: And oh, then okay. he went
2: on to be, or he may have taken a class in um, Bern, I don't remember. But he went on to become... A coordinator. And then um, at the time we came here, he was not yet a coordinator or okay. na- now like the regional coordinator. Um, so he asked us to, um, to bring the class in here. Right. And um, I, I actually wish there was a way I could tell, look back and see when that was, but I don't is know. Is it
1: still being taught? Yes. Perspectives? Perspectives. Is still- perspectives and what mm-hmm. is Perspectives?
2: The, the full name is Perspectives on the World Christian Movement. And it is a course that started in 1972. Wow. Um, out by Dr. Ralph Winters. And it's a course on teaching um, believers mm-hmm. about the unreached and the truly what unreached. What is God okay. doing to get, the, what has He done through the ages? Uh-huh. Because this goes back to um, Abraham when God said, I will bless you so that you can be a blessing. And what did God have in mind? He had in mind that that Abraham and Abraham's descendants would bless the whole world with the knowledge of of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so that has been God's story, which I always point out, history is his story. Ooh.
0: I like that. Histo- oh my gosh, I get it. Like I knew that it, I thought you meant like just H-I-S and then story, but okay,
2: yeah. Yeah, so history Wow. History. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> what God's been doing through the ages to bring people to Him.
0: More people need to know that. Because like that's really cool. we are
2: all, He loves every one of us Yeah. who never heard of Him. But He's given us the job to get the message out. So how do we do that? And um, it isn't just before I took this course, it was like I will pray for missionaries. Mm-hmm. I will I will help support missionaries. I will donate for missionaries. The missionaries are the doing the ones doing the work. God's called
0: missionaries oh.
2: to go do the work and spread the gospel. And and um, this course just blows your mind. And it's no every single person has the job. So you never being felt that a, way. Being a missionary. Yeah, to, you never felt to that. To be a missionary, you can be you can evangelize those. Who are like you? Mm-hmm. Missions means stepping over at least one boundary to go to those who aren't like you, and to help them understand. So um, there are four phases in the prospectus class. It's like a fifteen-week class. Whoa! And so it teaches you the biblical, the historical, um, the the um like from. I guess, the mission era, which kind of started in the late 1700s, 1500s. Mm. If you count the missionaries, the Jesuit missionaries and people who went right. out 1500s until um, and then now going forward, what's what's left to be done. Wow. And so um, and and the, the, the man who started the course is the one who coined the word back in the 70s, unreached people groups. That was he, he, he was speaking uh-huh. at a Lucerne conference. Um, and... Um, So it was the U.S. Center for World Mission was the name of this organization in Pasadena, California. So Tom and I actually for two years after we became coordinators and we we really got um, passionate about this, um, they needed people to be on staff, but be on staff meant you had raised your support. You were yeah. a missionary in Pasadena, helping to run the organization. And that's what we were, had thought we would do. Mm-hmm. And both Tom and I were in IT and they needed IT people. Mm-hmm. Oh. So we raised, we, we worked on raising funds for two years, but we had a family of five kids. So seven people moving to Southern California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, um, yeah, that's a rough one. It was, <laughs> it was more money than we had ever made in our life that mm-hmm. we had to raise to go. And so wow. it didn't work. It just never came together. Um, But that's a passion, is a passion of ours is, um, and God is doing fantastic things. Um, But part of what we learned during this was um, there are four ways, and I can't remember all of them right now, but I do know there are four ways that God gets message to people who don't know it. One is he sends somebody to them to tell Mm -hmm. them about it. Mm -hmm. But another really important thing that he's doing nowadays is he brings people out of those very closed, very unreachable areas, Mm -hmm. brings them to people who know. Mm -hmm. And so now you just have to get past the cultural barriers and language barriers, but they're here, they're Mm -hmm. right here. So you can reach out to them and you can be reaching an unreached people group in your neighborhood, Mm -hmm. in your backyard. So um, that's been a passion of mine also. Um, Back in the 2000s when I lived in Fort Wayne and we went to church in Fort Wayne. Tom and I met at this church Mm -hmm. and we went to in Fort Wayne. There was um, a family who—from um, uh, Myanmar, from Burma. Mm-hmm. And they had lived in the Thai border camps. And in the Thai border camps, they had become a member of this church that, that we belong to. Um, it was a worldwide church. And then they moved into to Fort Wayne. And so the pastor got a call, and the pastor contacted me and said, Hey, would you like to work with this group of people or this family? That's neat. So I helped them and welcomed them um, into Fort Wayne and just— you know, set up. How do you get so- social services? And where wow. can we get to? Who will? Who can I call that might donate clothes to them and mm-hmm. things like that? So it's
0: a culture shock
2: um, yeah. for sure. So and we got to know them, and we got to know. I mean, it was. We we would go to their house and we would sit with them and talk with them and, and have th- food. Always food. Always food. Have food with them and and this was first time I saw many people come in, go to their kitchen, eat, and then leave. And mm. I'm like. Well, that rude or what? They come in, they uh-huh. eat your food and they leave.
0: Wait, like they did that to your, your no, house? we were at her house, uh-huh. their house.
2: Uh-huh. And their um, compatriots, okay, okay, fellow, um, they were actually Karen Christians. Karen okay. is a ethnic minority in Burma. Um, and these people who were also from the same people group, they would come in, they would go over, eat their, you know, chicken and rice, hi, bye, and leave. But, <laughs> but that was a sign... Of them being a influential family, wow! That they were able to provide that, and right. so it was just it's just lots of cultural things. I just
1: fascinate me. Yeah, so let me ask you a couple different things. So one that I think is interesting about the whole mission movement, right? Say how we got. How we got to know each other. <laughs> Do what?
2: <laughs> I said we still got off of how we got to know each other. <laughs> yeah, we did. Oh, my gosh. That's normal. That's yeah, normal. We'll get
1: to that. So so a couple different things with the mission movement, right? So one, talk about the challenges of trying to convince people that it's your responsibility and that everybody's a missionary. Mm-hmm. Is that a difficult challenge to get? Open the Bible. Yeah, I know. That's, I mean, that's
2: what, what Prospectus does, is it opens the Bible, and you read, and you read where it says, um, you know, um, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to right. me. Therefore, now go. I'm giving it to you. Right. You go. And that was not—and then you teach others to do what I've taught you. Right. So it didn't stop with the 12 apostles. And it's everybody. It's—and and so— You can't convince somebody who doesn't want to know what does God—what is Jesus saying to me? Right. You can't convince somebody if they don't want to know what is God's plan for my life.
1: Yeah, but I think here's the challenge, right? So if you take somebody and you put them into a different culture, right, and you say you're going to—the traditional missionary, right, that's what everybody sees. So when you talk about missionary, you take somebody, you put them into a different culture— they have to work at it. Like, you know what I mean? Because they're, they're in yep. a different place. They're living in Guatemala. They're living in, you know, wherever. So they have to work at getting to know people. They have to work at it. So it's all that they do. And so the transition, not that it's easier, but it's always on the top of your mind because you're trying to fit in, mm-hmm. right. And you're trying to all the time, trying to figure out how to get it done. My mm-hmm. issue is, is that I think part of the struggle in the United States of America is, is so I don't think it's that people don't understand go I don't think they know how, Mm. I don't think they know where, and I don't think they know what to do because again, let's be fair. Like the people that are going overseas are getting trained how to do it. Right. Right. Like, I mean, anywhere you go overseas, they're training you. Like this is what you're going to run into. This is the things you need to know about culture. This is going to be the language barrier. These are the, when you go into these villages or these tribes, like these are going to be the challenges. And so we're going to train you up on how to be a missionary in, whatever place that you're in. And so they go into it with very much of like, okay, I sure. have a step-by-step process of what I'm going to do. I think the challenge in America is one, because this is what I heard and I think it's changed. So I think 20 years ago, there's a huge focus on the 1030 window because that perspective talks about that. The 1030 window, 1040. Yep. 1040. Yep. Thank you. Sorry. What is the 1040? Yeah.
2: It's 10 degrees latitude and 40 degrees latitude. So it's just above, it's this, it's this block that runs from about um, Japan, okay. you know, over way over here uh, on okay. the east, over to, it used to be to, to Europe. Now mm-hmm. it kind of like encompasses Europe even right. because Europe is, is so post-Christian, but at least over to um, um, the Mediterranean. Right. Oh, okay. And so the 1040 window, like 90% of the unreached people groups were in here.
1: And when they're saying unreached, we're unreached, talking about people that have never right. ever heard as a, anything. As Did a not, yeah. culture,
2: right. as a people, I think to be reached, you have to have like, they count it. I mean, there's organizations out that count mm-hmm. and they they use statistics to try to figure amazing. out. But I'm like, I don't even know if it's 5%, 10%. If right. 10% of the people um, are Christians, mm-hmm. then maybe they're not unreached anymore. Maybe, I, I don't know that number, but there is right. a number that now they're not unreached. They might still be um, very low conversion. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, um, yeah, unreached. And there are there are people groups where they have, like, no known Christians in this people group. Wow. Um, and people groups used to be big. And as they got to learn more and people go in and study, now all of a sudden this big people group is actually made up of five ethnic groups. So now there's five instead of one when mm-hmm. you count them. But— the total number of people groups that are unreached is shrinking. Right. I mean, it is shrinking. Um, but the harder ones remained. The, the, you know, the harder yeah. ones are still there. But God just—and and to your point, um, it is—it has to be intentional. If you're going to reach somebody who is here, like right now, the mm-hmm. Afghan family in Huntington, mm-hmm. um, there's an opportunity. There's so much just for one family, mm-hmm. the amount of support that, that they need and that— like the team that we have now, maybe six people are really strongly involved with them. Mm-hmm. Um, we need more.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We need more. Um, it's draining mm-hmm. because you're you're not outside of your own family and your own things going on and everything. You're trying to fit something else into it. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you were going overseas, everything else stops and now that's all you focus oh, on. Yeah. So here, so it does have to be very intentional, but. Um, Um, you know, it's, it's, it's very possible. And um, it is so fulfilling to know that just living, just doing life with somebody can be so helpful to them that they truly appreciate it. But it can be, it's, it expands your horizons. It expands your thinking. um, And does perspectives ever
0: teach like Instead of just like different cultural or just ethnic groups or whatever, like just strictly Americans, like Like just to reach Americans, like in the United
2: States. No, because they call that, they call that evangelism. Uh They they kind of do a differentiation. Evangelism is like when, when Jesus said, go to Jerusalem
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and Judea, Samaria and the ends of the earth. So those are four different levels. You go to Jerusalem, you're going to people who are like you and live near you that's evangelism. That's that's witnessing. That's telling them about Jesus. But you're not getting over any barriers okay. other than just your own personal, you know, Yeah. do I want to talk about Jesus or not? But then Judea are people like, okay, if I'm talking to somebody I know in Missouri or something, I mean, they don't live near me, mm-hmm. but they're like me. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty much we have the same history. We have the same. Right. So that's like Judea. Now, Samaria they kind of had a common history, but they were and they were they were nearby, but they were they had their own culture. And so that would be like if I were going to be really start to focus on the um, Hispanic community. And okay. I wanted to, to really say, we, we really need to organize a Hispanic ministry in Huntington. That would kind of be like Samaria. Okay, okay. But then the ends of the earth. So Samaria and the ends of the earth are kind of where they say, because you're making, you've got to get over at least one boundary. Uh culture um language geography um history there's some boundaries to go over then that puts it into the missions
0: why so, is that why is it necessarily like they have to get over a boundary to be considered a certain thing
2: it's just the structure that they've put together to help explain something it's they say it's like this if you have a stack of pancakes and you pour syrup on it uh-huh yeah the syrup just goes all over and and It's pretty easy. It spreads everywhere and comes down. If you have a stack of waffles and you pour a little bit of syrup on it, it's going to stay right here. Right. Unless you start to put it in to every little hole and you go over into the next hole. And so it's harder and more difficult to get syrup in every one of those holes because of the boundaries and the obstacles on the oh,
0: because those so, people are going to go out and reach. They're saying people that are in the holes yeah. inside of the waffle. And so I like those so, kind of descriptions. Uh, <laughs> like <"What>, the waffles? <laughs> well, I love waffles, but I love like, to, like when people explain things like that, I love. Yeah. The grooves in the waffle. Oh, yeah. I love waffles. So
2: it's what they're saying is. If everybody focused on the pancakes. Gotcha. It's you. easy. Okay. It's a need. There's a need. There's, a, there's unbelievers everywhere. Um, but Then nobody would reach the waffles. But, but you have to. Consciously reach the waffles. Yeah, okay. you have to, and then you have to figure out: Am I in every hole, or is there a hole right here that, like, you know, the big group that had five ethnic groups we didn't know about um, until wow. people started going in and getting to know them and finding out. Um, you know, just like the Afghans in Fort Wayne, I was talking to a man um, yesterday, and there are like um, the Dari, and then there are the Pushtuns, and then there are the um, the the. Kurds? Uh, Kurds. I don't remember, but there's, yeah. and they all, and, and, and even in Fort Wayne, where there's like, you know, these They're 22 dividing. families, they don't,
1: no, they, they don't, they don't blend
2: real well. They don't like, like, because um, there's just different things that carry over from where they came from. But people okay. one of the things is people coming out of their familiarity right. here. They're much more open. They're learning so many new things. Mm -hmm. They're open to love. They're open to people reaching out. They didn't need it where they came from. They were self-sufficient. Now they do. They're open to those. And they're open to, eventually, um, Mm -hmm. new ways of thinking Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and new ways of looking at things. And um, so God knows what He's doing. When everybody doesn't have to go, some people come. And then a lot of times those people— become the welcomers and they become the people of peace um and then you know they can be when when new people come in you know then they can be the ones who are telling them about Jesus
1: okay so it's they brought them up to process. reach out okay well, i'm okay. going to ask yeah. you some like when i would and again i think you know my background so you know that i love missions i mean right. i came from a yeah missions background before I ever planted a church. In fact, thought mission work would be way better than planning a church, (laughs) you know, just from the standpoint of it. But I think I want to ask you what I would consider the majority of people listening to somebody talk about missions. So Mm -hmm. I think they have challenging thoughts and I know you've heard them, but I think it's good to talk about them. So to the person who says, So there is a 1040 window and there are unreached people groups, but there's unreached people all over, you know, in Huntington. Why why are we so focused on? And I'm not saying we are, but you know what I mean? This is what people hear. Why are we so focused on going somewhere when, again, because we could essentially end up like Europe, where Europe sent out missionaries and essentially didn't do a really good job of What's the right word? Reaching, just bringing,
2: bringing up the next generation. Yeah, right. So they, really in where the it process
1: is. of going out, they forgot yep. to raise up, and yep. now they're pretty oh. much no Christians. I right. say that's not true. Very few Christians in Europe like it used to be. You know, right? It's and so, not the majority. So conceptually, a lot of people ask those questions. Just like if you look around, and let's just be fair. I mean, you look around. Even this is middle. You know, this is small town USA, right. but even in Huntington, Indiana and Wabash and Fort Wayne, there are a lot of unreached people. A lot of people not going mm-hmm. to church now, probably use the wrong terminology, not unreached like unreached people, group, right. but truly aren't going to church, have no relationship with Christ. And generationally, they now are a generation that grew up without a generation teaching them anything. Mm-hmm. So it used to be grandma and grandpa. Yeah did it for mom and dad, and so there are these kids that are now my age that at least had some idea because grandma and grandpa took them. But then this next generation, grandma and grandpa's dead. Mom and dad never really made it. And so there's this generation of people that have never went at all. And so... Just your thoughts, you and Jenny both, your thoughts on this idea. How do you blend them both? Because it is a balance, right? And and when you're talking about it, it's not like you don't believe in a balance either. Right. You know, and so that's what I mean. I'm just bringing up what I know when people hear people talk about overseas missions. Their first thing is, well, what about, you know, mm-hmm. so share maybe your thoughts or Jenny, your thoughts on the both and like, how do we do the both and and how is it, you know, How can we functionally make it work together?
2: Well, I think that one thing that is really important is to give kids, even at the middle school age, give them the opportunity to go on a mission trip outside Mm. of their culture. And what I've seen and been involved in is missions to Southeast Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And that is another culture.
1: Mm -hmm. You go into the hills and
2: howlers of Kentucky. and Paducah. um, it is <laughs> it is and, and with a group like we go with a group that does a very good orientation mm-hmm. of cross-cultural things. Um I mean, it's a surprise when the kids first go down there to different yeah. things are really a big surprise. Number one, you don't ever step over a log. You kick the log first so that the rattlesnake can get away before yep. you step over the log. That's a one cultural surprise. I mean, there's another another where when you go with us, you don't wander. You don't wander down the road. You don't go up the street, uh, in, uh, up into the woods. You don't wander because mm-hmm. it used to be the stills and now it's the marijuana crops. Yep. And so um, when you, you are being watched, when you come into the holler, I get a call, the, the director of the mission, I get a call from these brothers over here. Hey, you got a group coming in in a big white van? Yep, okay. And so you're being watched. They yeah, know when sure. you're coming and well, when you're going.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, but they're very friendly. They know you're right. you're here with the mission that does so much for this area. Um, but you get those kids; they go out to, and they're helping to build an addition on a place where they got to use the outhouse because there's no water inside. Mm-hmm. That and. Um, that is crazy in oh, Kentucky. Like that's, oh, yeah. that's happening right now. Yeah, see, yeah. A,
1: I always you've said got
2: to go on a mission trip.
1: I would love to. <laughs> well, I said this. So it used to be when I was a youth pastor, the, the thing we did it every year. So every year we yep. took kids to Guatemala and I told parents, they complained about it. I said, it'll be best thousand dollars you ever spent. Don't even go try to raise your support. I know you can come up with a thousand dollars cause I've watched you spend a thousand dollars on your kids all yeah. year long. So don't mm-hmm. tell me you can't do it. I'll help find people to help you out. If you really can't do it, be the best thousand dollars you ever spent because until you teach your kids to be missional, And you can't teach them to be missional in the United States of America until they understand what mission is. Mm -hmm. And so when you telescope them out of their environment and you put them in a completely different environment, whether it's Kentucky, we chose to take them to orphanages because I always believed that all kids are born selfish and they're, they're... coddled their entire life. And so when we go to these orphanages in Guatemala and they live with orphans and yeah. they spend time with orphans and then they hike to the mountains and see cultures that that's never thought before, you at least understand a missional mindset. Yeah. Right? And then you try to bring that back into the United States and say, number one, now I get it. Mm-hmm. Right now, I do understand because most people that are asking the questions of why support missionaries have never been on a mission trip. Right? Yeah. You know, so I'm a huge proponent. In fact, again, we've been talking about it at Life Church forever because Life used to go all the time. We I'm know, trying went to, to go. India. We went to Guatemala. went to India twice. You know, we used to have trips that went all the time. And and again, I'm the type of person. If the leaders, if we don't have a leader to lead it. We're not doing it. So we just haven't had somebody that's had that passion and desire because I think getting people there Mm -hmm. and showing them something changes how they act here. Absolutely. Just gives them a different mindset on how to, how to get it figured out because you don't actually have it so bad.
0: Right. I mean, even when I was in the Dominican Republic, I was on a, like on a, I wasn't even anywhere like secluded or anything. I was just on a all inclusive resort, you know, and just driving there and then seeing things and then talking to the people that worked there. Cause they're all from around the area. They stay on the site. They're getting paid $700 a month to work 10, 12, 14, 18 hours a day. And it's like, it makes you, for me, I felt guilty being there and throwing away all this food. And, you know, it's just, it really puts a different mindset. And then when you come back here and you see everything that's taken for granted, that they would have enjoyed or you could use, or it's just a whole different, I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah. So your recommendation, again, for people that would say that, it's hard to even tell them, well, you know, you have to understand until you've gone somewhere until you've yeah. got outside of yourself and said, here's what I'm going to do for an entire week. I'm going to take my vacation yeah. and serve somebody else. You'll really never get it. I've right. always told people that like, yep. you just never, I don't even know how to explain it to right. you. I don't. And again, I would suggest, and and again, every high school kid before you decide what you do in college you should probably go on a mission trip like yeah, you that's be. a what, good idea. That's what we
2: did all my kids uh, um, you know we had it the setup I guess the way that the my um, previous church did it middle school was Kentucky high school that's cool. was overseas I mean they would Honduras a lot mm-hmm. but then they would they went to Panama my kids went um, uh, some some went to um, Ecuador mm-hmm but we also, there was also, um, adult trips. Mm-hmm. And so I've been to Ecuador. My husband's been to Mexico a couple of times, uh, or Mexico and Honduras. Um, and so having that availability mm-hmm. of those trips to be able to go. And mm-hmm. we, we did fundraising. I mean, we went, wanted to make sure that everybody had no excuse. If mm-hmm. you want to go, there is a way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also was a good way of team building, getting mm-hmm. the teams together ahead of time. Um, and it, it it spreads, it fosters through, n- not, not just those who, who um, go, right? but then you come back and you have, I mean, I don't know, if you do, we'd, we'd come back and have a potluck mm-hmm. and we'd have slideshow and we'd have mm-hmm. talk about what we did, what was the projects we did. Because people, and beforehand we would have, you know, we had a, um, a benefit um, luncheon after church. We'd have a pie auction. Um, we'd have, here's what we think we're going to be doing. Here's the projects mm-hmm. we're talking about. So everybody was behind it. Everybody. So it was like the church mm. was doing this and sending. And so, um, and it grew. And you, and we did it year after year. Um, this last year when we went down, um, it was 25 years, the 25th anniversary wow. of our um the, the church is um, partnering
1: mm-hmm.
2: with Laurel Mission down in, in Kentucky. And so we just looked back over all the things that we had done. in the And, and it is it creates a culture of yeah. outreach, a culture of—and then when, when there is somebody co- that comes here from another country, well, I've learned to um, navigate some of that. I'm not so fearful— of saying, hey, yeah, I'll get to know him. You're not near as racist. And Yeah. You know, you, <laughs> wow. <just> <laughs> I know, Listen, I know, I know. It's just you do. other countries you, you, and
1: you experience life with yes. other cultures, you tend not to be as race, if I have racist. I don't know if racist is the right word, but it probably is. Because, right. again, until you spend other time with, with those type of people, like you Judgmental. have a view of them. Right, like, again, perfect example. Like, everybody talking about, the border and Hispanics. And so, you know, I spent tons of time, Honduras, Guatemala, Ecuador, like all the way through there and had watched what their life was like, you know, and then you're going to complain Because they're going to come over here and do the work that you won't do. Right. Like you're really going to complain about that. You have no idea. Yeah. You have no idea what they came from. Yeah. They're coming here to steal our jobs. No, they're coming here because you (laughs) won't work.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're coming here because over
1: there, you have zero idea what it's like to live over there. They live in fear. You know, there's, there's tons of violence. There's lots of drug cartels there. Yeah. Again, to make a living, like they're proud of a house that's the size of your garage. Mm, yeah. I mean, yep. if you have a yep. house the size of the garage, like, so you just have zero ideas. So when people get on Hispanic people over here, that's what I, that's what I say it drives me crazy because right. I have a respect for it mm-hmm. that you don't know, you know, and you don't ever understand that, you know, yeah. and you'll never know what that's like, yeah, you know, until you've seen what they're coming from, mm-hmm. you know, and again, whatever. So the whole what people think about people coming over or not, but I bet you would have a different view if you were ever there. Oh and you yeah. you learn an
2: appreciation for different cultures. Yeah. I mean, it, you should, I mean, it's, you give them the opportunity to, right. um, you know, to see how other people worship. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if they are believers, you, mm-hmm. you learn this, um, a, a different culture. You learn that, um, to lower your judgmentalism, mm-hmm. you know, just, just, just lower that down. And, 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 um, There isn't only just one right way to do things.
1: Yeah. So let's, so let's talk about what I think the next nagging question for people is, right? Especially in the new movement of Afghan people moving to the United States because nine of 11, we do, I mean, we talked about Hmm. that before, right? So there's this huge, why is the church helping people that are going to end up killing us? Have you ever have you ever heard people yeah, talk about I've this? I've never heard about that, that this. Is, really? Yeah, yeah, no. Nick, wouldn't you think that there's people that have asked that question? You know, that why is the church reaching out to the people that are going to turn around and kill us?
0: Are the Christians asking no. that question? No, Christians are asking it.
1: Probably For like sure, they are they are. religious I mean, though? Instead well, of like no, relationships. The point is, I'm not saying life church people. No, I'm I'm I saying know. I have this big general perspective of people because I talk to all kinds of people, and I'm not even saying people directly come up and ask me. I, but I have a feeling I know where people. Are at, in the back of their mind, you know, yeah. because again, they do, they, they don't get it, mm-hmm. you know, when they say, Hey, we're welcoming in Afghan families and because they're, they're refugees and they're coming in and there are a lot of people like, yeah, well, they're going to get in here and then they're going to end up turning around and bombing us. You
0: might bomb us, huh?
1: the person next to us. No, I, no, but but no, you're, I know what you're saying, saying I mean, you're but saying. It's there's, a fear. there's a persona right. Right, that it's, comes with yeah. it. And yeah. it's a
2: fear. It's, it's, um, how many Muslims do you know?
1: No, I know. How, how many Muslims point. does
2: do any of us in Huntington know? Right. You right. know, I mean, um uh, I'm I'm glad that, that there's more and more um, black people that we can get to know right. in Huntington. Yeah. You know, right. so it's um but there is a always a stereotypical idea of things things you don't know.
1: Yeah, for and sure. And so
2: um the and the bottom line is we can't guarantee that we won't at some point help somebody who's a radical.
1: No, oh, for sure. But, mm-hmm.
2: but the thing is that I think people, as they get to know people and as they get to realize radicals, there are radicals in every belief system. <laughs> for sure. And it's a very, very small minority. Right. Um, and when you get to know somebody from another culture, um, you know, the Shirzad family, um, they're just worried about, what kind of job am I going to get? How am I going to be able to pay rent when yeah. I don't yeah. have the money coming from the State Department? Um, my children, um, you know, we ha- their their mouth is hurting. They can't go to school. They have abscesses. How do we get them to the dentist? How do mm-hmm. we take care of—so they—and ha- and, um, so why are we helping them? Well, uh, Jesus said to.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, Jesus
2: said to. Right. Um, you know, we're all to be good Samaritans. Um and the Samaritan helped somebody that was not of his culture. He right. helped a Jew. Um, we are to give our lives for others. Right. Right. So part of the issue is overcoming this inbred idea that my God-given responsibility is to protect me and mine yeah. at all costs. And if I do that, I've been a good Christian person. Right. Yeah, that's that's, that's what at. I um, wanted to
1: Again, I was hoping you would get to that because, I, I mean, I knew that's the way that you feel because that, what they're saying about that mm. honestly is how they feel about everything. So yeah. it goes clear back to, we go to take in the Clark kids, right? So the majority of solid Christian people said, don't do it. And here's the reason. Your responsibility as a Christian is to protect me, mine, and ours. Mm -hmm. And when you bring in people who are doing drugs or you bring in people that are doing, do you realize what kind of harm that's going to bring on your family? So I wanted you to say that, not that I wanted you to say that, but I knew that you felt that way because this is a problem. This is is. a huge problem. It's not just because of Afghan people. It's because you're too worried about yourself is the reason you're not a missionary.
2: Get yourself out of God's place. Right. Because God is big enough to protect those he wants to protect. Mm -hmm. God
1: also. But Karen, wait, how many people believe that? Let's be honest. How many people today believe that I'm going to take a risk and I'm going to leave it up to God? Right.
2: Not Not very many. Not enough.
1: Not not anywhere.
2: It's a process. I'm learning that. I'm learning how to do that. Okay. That is something that. Um, I've had to learn by, you know, having a, a daughter go through drugs, go through addiction, having, um, you know, a son who is a he/she now or they/them, yeah, they/them now.
1: Yeah, um, I don't know what you're talking about. But <laughs> the, pronouns, okay. uh, the pronouns. The yeah, pronouns. Yeah, I'll never be able to keep up with it all. Yeah, anyways, don't. So. You don't need
2: to. But having all of this, which I could react in fear. I could react in no. It has to be my way or—but or, and and. But God has taught me through so many things I've gone through. Um, love is His way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Love is bigger. Yeah. And the bottom line is God doesn't stop His people that He loves that are His children from dying sometimes mm-hmm. to spread the gospel, yep. to show God's love. To, for, for things, reasons we don't even right. know why, mm-hmm. he doesn't protect people from being stolen. I mean, if you really want to talk about it, St. Patrick was trafficked,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, back in the time whenever he lived, 13, 1400s, I don't know when it was. My history isn't that good. <laughs> but St. Patrick was captured out of his family, away from his family, taken as a slave to another country. Um, God didn't prevent that,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but his love for God, his love to, to live God's way and show that love to others converted a whole nation mm-hmm. eventually. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So I think the other thing is we got such a small view of God Yeah. Right? and such a big view of ourselves
0: mm-hmm.
2: and what's our responsibility. Yeah. And it doesn't mean be irresponsible or be negligent of your, you know, taking care of what you can take care of, but to to like to realize maybe god has a bigger plan.
1: Well though, yeah. I always say does god ever get a chance to work in the christian world because you never I mean do you ever make any decisions where you can actually be god? Mm. Or do you just make them all so you can put him in a box? Right. Yep. And then celebrate him afterwards because your plan worked. Right. You know, I'm always like seriously why can't we make decisions that god's going to have to just be god? Right. Like it's gonna have to show up in these situations. We're just gonna have to be honest about it. It's not how anybody planned it. Mm -hmm. It's not the way that it was supposed to go. But God's bigger than any of those things anyway. So unless we put ourselves in positions like you said, where God can actually be God. Yeah. I mean, what are we really doing? Exactly. You know what I mean? Other than calling yourself something, putting God in a box that would say, look, I worship God. But honestly, at the end of the day, you could say you worship and you trust him, but tell me one thing you trust him for. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, let's truly talk about it. What in your life are you really trusting him for? And if you're not making any of those decisions, like, hey, I don't know, right? Because that's how I am. If people would ever ask me that question, like, I don't even know what to tell you. Could it be bad? Could it be good? I don't know. At the end of the day, God told me to love people. To bring people the gospel and to do everything possible. I don't know what could happen. Right. Like lots yeah. of things could happen, but I do know this. God says he works all things right. for his good. So all of those things, you know, weren't perfect experiences, but in all of those things, God is still good. Right. Right. Yep. I mean, isn't that how is. I mean, isn't that what we need to teach mm-hmm. people to be instead of like, well, oh, I can't do this because it might. Harm this, we can't do that. Living out of fear all the right. time, right? yeah fear. And I mean, that is one thing that says
2: over and over and over again is fear not, right? You know, be strong and courageous, right?
0: right. And I fear think not. that through the misconception of people thinking that the Christian life is just perfect and everything should be handed our way, and everything that people preaching that is giving a false, like they're just they automatically assume that. I feel like that makes them selfish when they just think that. Christian life is easy and nothing happens negative. So they're just, yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think that's, it's an overreaction or it's an over, um, you know, the, the whole health and wealth gospel and everything is God says he will take care of us and prosper us, but in according to what definition? Yeah, right. For it's sure. his definition. And what he sees as good for us and and good for those around us we don't, is different. Maybe. And I think um, that we have to, let God be God. We have to be willing to say, I don't know. I don't know the answers. The Bible doesn't give me an answer to every single question. It's not there. And our churches don't have to invent answers. And I think that's what happens in a lot of places. Churches and religion has to invent answers that aren't there because you can't say, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And, And we have to get to where we can say, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to happen. I don't know, you know, and, and when you're dealing with a family that you, they think that we know everything because we live here and we're from here and, right. and, and you know, sometimes I, I don't know how this is going to happen. I, I will pray that God will bring something together and I, you know, I'm going to do what I can for you, but. I don't know how you're going to be able to get a driver's license because you don't have a birth certificate. Right. I don't know how that's right. going to happen. But I will trust that God's going to work it out and I will teach you the driving laws right. and rules. So taking one step and not having to know what's the, what's the, map that I'm gonna get to the destination, that's a big thing of trust is trusting God with the final destination.
1: Right. And And I would agree. I think that's what the church gets and church people get caught up in because we've made lots of decisions here at Life Church. People are like, well have you really thought about that? I'm like, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) I mean at the end of the day, I have no idea. Yeah, Yeah. I have no idea. Like I don't know how it's gonna turn out and I don't know what it's gonna be like, but I do know this. Somebody felt led or we felt led and we're going to do, and we're going to trust God. I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but I do know this. It's at least going to be following him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, instead of us having everything mapped out to our specifications and getting everything done our way, we're going to do our part. But there's tons of things that happen around here or tons of things that happen in our own lives. Where we're just like, I have no idea. Like, yeah. I have no idea. I don't even know what to tell you. Right. Nobody wants that answer. And especially nobody wants that answer from a leader. No. Right? No. Like, nobody wants the answer of, I don't know. No. You know, and I'm saying—
2: But it's a challenge. What we, we need to challenge them and say, okay, we don't know, but let's take the next step. Let's pray about what is God telling us to do next, and yeah, let's take that I next mean, step. And, and, and that's the other thing, I think. The other thing is learning to hear God's voice. Right. Yeah. Learning to hear when he's saying, take that next step. Right. And not second-guessing it or comparing it to all human wisdom that's out there and human reason that's out there. Right. Um, because— you know, if you asked all the, the, the you know, business managers whether, you know, Peter should have got out and took the first step on the water, nobody's going to say that was a smart thing to no. do. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's no. nothing in any human wisdom that says that was a good thing to do. Right. But God wants to see that faith, and he's—because that's when we know, and that's when he knows, that we trust that he is bigger than we are.
1: Yeah. Well, and we're okay. Like I think this is the key, and you said it. Like right? when you listen to the voice of God, which is the key, right? And one of the greatest qualities leaders can teach people is listening to the voice of God. When you listen to the voice of God, you can be guaranteed of a couple things. One, you're gonna live in uncertainty, because that I've just never heard of anybody that listens to the voice of God that doesn't live in some sort of uncertainty, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're doing things that take faith. And the second thing is you learn to love the mystery of God, Yeah, right? And in those two things, leadership, we should be more about not teaching everybody how to map out their whole life, right? right? And have it all together. It's more of like, I want to teach you how to listen to God. And I want you to learn to be okay with uncertainty, right? Because you don't know, like nobody knows the outcome. And I want you to... Honestly, love the mystery of God because right, there is right. a mystery. It's an exciting yeah. way
0: to
2: live.
1: Yes, yeah, because sure.
0: in it's that an mystery and in that uncertainty, it's like you know, whatever happens, is going to be okay. It's going to be good because God is behind it. Right. And I think that's the place that we need to get to is being okay with stepping out in faith and knowing that it's going to be okay, even right. though we don't know.
2: Yes, yeah, I, I I like to picture it as there's this big wall up. Let's say it's a big it's a big plastic black plastic. Garbage bag, huge. Mm-hmm. Behind it, God is weaving this fantastic tapestry. Mm-hmm. So I get to come up here every once in a while, and God opens up this little—I get to look at this little piece <laughs> behind the plastic, and I can see what's going on here. Somebody else gets to see over here, and somebody else over here. God has the whole picture. Mm-hmm. But no, never does he think he has to tell us the whole picture. Right. No. And he doesn't. No. He doesn't have to, and he doesn't do it. No. So—but if I can see this little piece, and they see this little piece— mm. Well, how do I know that's from the same God that's doing this? How, mm-hmm. how, you know, it's not my—I It's I don't have to judge that. Right. So there's a lot of freedom that comes from that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: How, I don't have to judge it. Um, and I have to do what I hear God telling me to do. For sure. And, of course, everything has to go back to the Bible. Um, but then we still always have to be open to learning new things about what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just learned something the other day about a, a translation thing that, mm-hmm. that if you go back to the original, it says things this way, and that puts a different spin on it. And most of us don't dig down to that level, right. mm-hmm. but sometimes God brings it to us right. and reveals it to us. Um, right. So, yeah, and I think the other thing is having the trust. Like Jesus said, you know, the Bible says, Paul, I guess, wrote and said, we don't need another mediator. The Holy Spirit is yeah. going to yeah, teach us sure. and talk to us, and God will talk to us. So we have to learn. I can trust that. Right. I can learn. You know, my sheep hear my voice. I can learn to know and hear the voice of God. Now, you have to—he's never going to tell you something that's against what the Bible says.
1: Right.
2: You know, so there's—and there's, and there's a, a good thing to having, um, you know, counselors that mm-hmm. are, are good, solid, um, Bible-believing people. But— um, God is still talking to us today and he's Mm -hmm. talking to individuals, every single one of us. And so when we start to hear the voice of God, then that and and we take action on it, and then we say, Hey, I see why God wanted me. I see how that turned out. Yeah. Maybe I'm not getting rich, but I can see the benefit of that to somebody. Then right. I can trust you in the next time I right. hear him. Right. And so it's a it's a life journey mm-hmm. of right. doing that. Yeah. Yeah,
1: so Karen, we're at the end of our time. Can you believe that? Wow. So here's a couple things though. So Jenny's gonna ask some questions and people did we have questions this week? Yeah, we did. So one of the things I wanna say to the people that are watching or the people that are listening, um there's so much more to what you're doing that we never even got to. So my encouragement is so from the people of Life Church or the people that are listening, see Karen out because yeah. no, I'm really serious. Because yeah. she's doing a lot of great things outside of the church, outside of the four walls of the church, really kind of innovating some new ways to try to to, to reach people and do some different things. And so uh, get get with her. Listen to what she's yes. doing. There's a lot of cool things happening. A lot of
2: more opportunity for any of you. Right, that's any what I'm saying. So yes, if you please. don't
1: know, like you guys that are watching now, you know her face. That's one of the great things about the podcast. If you're watching, and/or if you're listening, I guess this will just be my encouragement. If you never watched before, yeah. Go on, watch this one for the opportunity to know Karen. She's at church most Sundays. Second you know. service. <laughs> yeah, so make sure you, you seek her out and talk to her. If you're really serious about this idea of, you know, like her shirt says, the church has left the building. Oh, you I know, didn't even so read that. She's really, she's really taken on this idea that the local church has a part. Right, but she's also doing her part, and how God's using her outside of the church and the things that she's doing. And from a missions perspective, has a lot of experience, you know, in those areas, and really doing some cool things. So make sure you seek her out, talk to her. I, I'm going to speak for her, but I'm sure she would love to talk with yes. you, sit down with yes. you.
2: Ask anybody for my number. They can give yeah. you my number. <laughs> yeah. Call so the, yeah. So yeah. get
1: involved. And, and again, maybe Jenny, if you want to get with Karen, Jenny can get you her number, to yeah. kind of let Jenny know. Uh, but again, Karen's doing a lot of great things. We never even got to the majority of the things that you're doing, but I think it'll be a great opportunity for people to sit down and be able to talk to you. So Jenny, questions?
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, I just want to say, this is, I just think, like it's so amazing how like God works within like the people that come on our podcast, because one of the things that you had mentioned yesterday was that church is not the only place to worship God.
1: Yeah, for and sure. And
0: it's just so neat that this is being like intertwined yeah, and right. I love it.
1: Oh, wait, and I'm and looking at really, questions. Again, when you talk to Karen and the things that she's done, I mean, she's proving that it's going to be the both end.
0: Right. The right. Local church
1: has its part. Yeah. And then there's the, the outside of the, the four walls of the building and what's going on outside of there. It's a cool ministry of the things that she's working on. Yeah. So. Okay.
0: All right. Question time. All right. Kaylin Griffith wants to know, what is your favorite book of the Bible? I don't know. It just happened, guys. <laughs> <laughs> what is your, this thing's confusing sometimes. What is your favorite book of the Bible?
2: Wow. Um,
1: hmm. Or part or story. Yeah. Or... Yeah. All the
2: above. Um, right now, this is, this is just it. In my life right now. Uh-huh. Um, Proverbs 31. Mm. I am really learning a lot about the Proverbs 31 woman yeah. and wife um, from a lot of different angles. But um, I am learning. I am learning to be a real estate investor. Mm. That is wow. My Go you. Thing. And there is a thing in, in the Proverbs 31 where the, the, the woman um, who is a wife, she goes out and evaluates a field and buys it. hmm And I'm like, cool. She was a real estate investor. (laughs) (laughs) Relating. But but that and um, I just did a study on all the places where God says, um, do not be afraid. Be strong, be courageous, do not fear. And that is so much throughout everywhere, Old Testament, New Testament, um, that that has just really recently. And part of it was to help me. Overcome the fear of becoming a real estate investor. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I don't have a lot of money. It's not like right. I have a lot of money. Just go out and do it. But there's right. ways to do it without having um, money. And so that's what I'm learning.
1: Yeah, but, awesome.
2: But that's kind of where I've been applying because it applies to my life right now.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: good. Those are the best scriptures, and when it, you can apply it to your life. Right. Next questions from Brenda Williams. She wants to know what is your best census story, good
2: or bad? Best what census? census. Yeah, I, she used to do the census. What I didn't realize was...
1: That she's a real estate agent? agent. <laughs> no,
2: when I gave... no, when Oh, well, Brent's a real estate agent. Isn't that I, weird? Yeah, That's when weird. When I sent you the... Um, the yeah, the when paragraph. When I responded and I gave you my, my... Yeah. That that was going out to everybody. It who, was not. Oh, it was, was not. It? No. Oh, no. So she knows I was. a f- Yes, oh, she does. So okay. tell
0: us what your favorite census story is. Good or What's bad a census.
2: The We're, 2020 census. Oh, you mean like counting a, people. Yeah. In, okay. They walk around. You go to. Yeah. So you go to people's houses. I was. Yes. Yeah, so I was a house to house census taker for Gee, those who didn't ways. turn in their paperwork. Rude. Who didn't answer three or four different. <laughs> she things. got you. So, um, yeah, I what I loved. I became for our area um, out of Fort Wayne. I became a problem solver. So they would send me to places where people wouldn't answer anybody ah, else.
0: Wow. And
2: I loved it because I'd go up, and I don't know if it was because, you know, I'm this little old lady or what it is, but <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, would, I would go and somebody would say, yeah, that guy, he, he threatened me. He said he had a gun in the other room. Nobody come back. And so I went up, and I'd just knock on the door, and, and um, they, they'd try to shut me down. I'd say, okay, well, let me just, I can just, just give me how many people live here. Because there were certain levels we right, could get. Right. Just tell me how many people live here. And, um, you know, it, it, how many adults and how many kids. Yeah. Oh, well, I can tell you that. So I kind of eased into it, mm. and I just figured out a way to do that. But I was going to Marion. I was going into places in Marion where, you know, they would say, oh, we should just—nobody should go to this apartment complex. And I was <sighs> going places, and I was able to get— also, we were supposed to do neighbors, go to neighbors, ask about this, go to different places. And I was able to, um, to do that, and I think because— I'm a very detail-oriented person, mm-hmm. and I don't like going away and saying, "Can't get the answer for this one." You yeah, know? and so I did, and so um, they begged me afterwards to become a full-time census person. They have full-time census people in between the ten years that do all kinds of things, um, but but you have to get the uh, the jab, and I wouldn't do that. So. Mm, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's an issue, right. but. Yeah. Um, but the, it was a, a blast. I had a
1: blast doing hmm.
2: that. Two years ago, this time I was doing that.
1: Yeah. Wow. Lots uh, of stories. to do it, not me.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would t- love to do it. I, I think that would be fun. Yeah, see
0: lots of, of things because you're going to people's uh, houses. It was. Yeah, yeah. that's wild. Yeah. It was.
2: Yeah, I met a dog that was this tall <gasps> <gasps> to me. I didn't know that dogs were this tall. See, <laughs> that's the reason I would do it.
0: All the dogs. <laughs> All right, last question from anonymous person: What is the strangest thing that you've ever eaten? What? <laughs>
2: the strangest. Yeah, thing the strangest I thing you've ever, ever eaten. Mm. Um, I haven't been on. If you've been on more cross-cultural trips, you probably would have eaten a lot more stranger things than I have. Um, I have eaten um, in Ecuador. Mm-hmm. Um, they had uh, people that that would go out and buy, you know, just. Catch trout and cook them like whole. I in the we were the to whole say a bug. Thing. No, no, I, I've eaten some. well Ew. some bugs, but not very many. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, the, the delicacy was the eyeballs. Ew, what? So I tried an eyeball, sick. but. But you know what I've eaten recently? I've learned to eat all the weeds in my yard. What? <laughs> what?
1: Wait a I, second. Are you sure those what? are weeds, Karen? <laughs>
0: You should have started out with that. That's weird. I love to eat weed. I <laughs> oh my gosh. So wait, wait, why? Why? Who is, why? Who eats why?
2: Is it like is it like salad? <laughs> it's 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 like um no, it's it's foraging, but Okay, it, there are weeds that grow in our yard and our garden that are more nutritious than anything that we buy in the store. Purslane, um, dandelion. Um, dandelion wine dandelion wine wood sorrel these are all things that, and I live in town on Cherry Street okay so wild vi- uh, violets um, and all of these the, the, and there's a lot a lot more but they they um, they have so much more nutrition and they're available and they're out there I'm normally I pull them out of my garden <laughs> you're going out. around to other people's <laughs> yards yeah, no can I have some of your weeds yeah they're so available <laughs> <laughs> The yeah,
0: weed got snatcher.
1: The Can I have your weed, please? <laughs> That's the new census worker. Hey, so have you eaten anything weird? Um, What's the weirdest thing you've
0: eaten? I don't think I've eaten anything weird, besides like hot things that are fun to eat, you know, that you might die from. Like, like, that, like that oil I did, remember? Oh, yeah. When we did the, yeah, um, the hot challenge. Yeah, we did the hot challenge. Oh, no, but I don't, eat. I, no, I can't do <laughs> that. <laughs> no. Yeah. What about you? Oh, I know you've got something weird. Oh, I've eaten all kinds okay, of weird like stuff. Okay, like what?
1: Um, he's
2: probably eating pig feet.
1: Coagulated chicken blood. (laughs) What cooked on a grill?
2: That's sick.
1: Yeah. Um. Like deep fried or something. Fish paste that's in a like Thailand fish paste that's like mashed up for, ever. You know, and it they ferment in the jar and you put it on crackers. Eat that. What is the paste of? It's fish. Fish like smashed smashed up up fish. Like you open it up, the worst fish smell you could. (laughs) That is so gross. Chicken feet, you know, I have pig feet. Why? Um, was it crunchy? Lots of goats when I was over in <laughs> India. The worst thing, the thing that, so I was in India for 20 days. So wow. the last seven days that I was there, I could not eat any more food. I lived on granola bars. Mm. Because Why? Because it was gross? The last, well, everywhere you go. So I was on a train tour. So oh, fun. So I would preach at a place. During the day, get on a train, sleep during the night, get to a new place. We did this for 20 days all around India. And so everywhere you go, you're the guests, you know, you're Mm, the American. So they make all of the food that you could Mm. want is all the best stuff. That's really cool. And I can't stand curry and everything in India has curry. curry on it. And part of the reason they said it was like curry was put on it, not just for spice, but for to make the rotten meat not taste so rotten. Ew. So like out in the jungles of India, like you're eating it probably for that reason, but at the house is because of spice. Well, anyway, we finally got this place and I ate it, got through <laughs> it. I'm like, I don't know how much of my body or butt can handle any more of this <laughs> curry. But anyway, oh. So then they bring out dessert and dessert was like curry. this. No, it was uh, like this donut looking thing and inside of it it was filled with sour milk that is sick okay. and so i ate it and i said <laughs> i'm not coming to another dinner for the rest <laughs> of the trip and i lived off my granola horse because i seriously i don't know what that like that's not that weird probably to eat sour but, milk i but. think that's oh, weird sour
2: milk is really hard to get past yeah, yeah. why so it
1: was just i don't understand that brady when he was uh over in greece ate monkey brains Ew. So.
0: Nick, have you ever eaten anything weird?
1: Ore- Oreos. No, you're normal, too. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? Oreos. Oreos. <laughs> they have triple yeah, stuff. Fish oh, crackers. We found those. Fish crackers. Oh, yeah, Come those goldfish. Nothing weird ever. I had octopus once. Yeah. Was that good?
0: No. Yeah. <laughs> it was real yeah. 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 I don't worry. like octopus either. Yeah.
1: Maybe I maybe, maybe you could put that out there, Jenny. It's for the culturization of people. Oh. Put it out there in honor of this podcast. What is the weirdest thing you've ever oh. All right. I'll put it when and I... we'll I, hear it from different... Okay. Like people been in different cultures. I know. This like, is
0: an interesting question, huh? Yeah.
1: So again, Jenny, give them the yes. number that they can text their stuff into because we'll end it up here... Um, and then again, just as a reminder, make sure you connect with Karen. Mm-hmm. So Jenny can get you hooked up with her if you yeah. see her at church. But she's got a lot of great opportunities that you could share with people and a lot of cool yeah. things going on. So yeah. send us out, Jenny, with right. the number.
0: Number is two six zero four zero.
1: Eight. It's up there.
0: Oh, okay. It's been a <laughs> really long time since, since I've read it. I feel anymore. like four zero eight eight three eight three.
1: That's pretty impressive. You could even read that far. I know. I know. So I'm really squinting. Looking at yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But the question that I just read to Karen right now is something that we send out every week. We send out the picture and who's going to be on, and we would love for you to ask questions to our guests and or anyone. Um, you can make it fun like that question just was, <laughs> yeah. which is really exciting, but we want you to... To be involved in the podcast and if you know anybody that wants to be a guest or if you have a question comments anything we want to hear from you yeah
1: because we're getting ready to fill up next year you're already filled we're up already filled up yeah to this year yes
0: to this year so season so three start up
1: next year we got all got the guests list of people oh i do too you. yeah I so do too. Gotta, yeah give you their numbers and yeah. start putting them out there. yeah but- absolutely Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Karen, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for coming mm-hmm. on. Thanks for what you're doing. I mean, I think you're doing a great work, you know, in this community and really thinking outside of the box on some of the mission work you're doing. And, and we have a
2: team and we just would like to have more team members. Yeah. yeah,
1: right. So if you want to be a part of it, get with Karen. If you don't know how to get with Karen, get with Jenny. Yeah. Um, and she'll connect you with her, you know, uh, or if you don't know, on if you come to the second service on Sunday morning, see me. I'll point you in the direction of Karen and you can uh, sit down and talk with yeah. her. So again, don't forget to share. Don't forget to like like. Don't forget to comment. We'd love for you to be able to help us make this podcast continue to, to go out and reach more people. So again, thanks everybody for joining us. We'll see you guys next week.
2: Bye.